Hello everyone, and welcome to Sega Saturn Shiro, your number one resource for Saturn and Saturn-related news from E3. Wait, what? <laughs> what? That's a change. <laughs> your only podcast that's your number one resource? Uh, listen, I, I couldn't fit it in there. I'm, I, I did the best I can, okay? <laughs> I'm trying my best here, right? This episode will be a mini-update. As you've really noticed, we haven't done a podcast in a while just because we've been really busy. I know that uh, we've all been chugging along, and it may seem we're kind of not posting as much. No, it, it's fine. We're just really busy. I, I've been trying to keep everyone in the loop with the news articles, the updates on Facebook and Twitter. Peter has as well with his uh, his cool new uh, Guess That Saturn game, which I always lose because I'm bad at guessing games. I'm awful at them, but but yeah, no, we've been keeping that game the Anna streams. So we're gonna be getting some more podcasts, new topics, some interviews, and some really exciting upcoming stuff that I think you guys are gonna love, or or maybe not. You know, you know, we can't. They all can't be winners, right, guys? Um, with that onslaught of information, uh, let's add to another onslaught with all the E3 news and goodies and things revolving around E3 that we've been hearing in the last couple months. We'd like to give our thoughts and uh, considerations on some of these new technologies and new games and Saturn-related stuff that's coming out in the market. Let's start with uh, the Panzer Dragoon remake. Oh yeah, absolutely. So Panzer Dragoon was announced actually quite a bit earlier, or it was leaked anyways, but uh, lots of uh, gameplay footage was shown off at E3. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, a lot of people are thinking that it's on Switch only, but that's not the case. It's uh, announced on all platforms. Uh, it's being developed by Forever Entertainment, and they're a uh, Polish-based software house. And right at the moment, they've got a release date for the first game for winter 2019. And I don't know if you guys had a chance to see some of the footage, but it looks pretty cool. It doesn't look like it's a straight-up, just a port, but almost like a reimagining of... Uh, the original game because uh, some of the backgrounds seem to be enhanced. It just seems to be a lot more going on than just uh, the sort of empty and desolate landscapes of the first game. But it looks really, really awesome. And so long as the gameplay's there, I think this is going to be, you know, a really solid game. And Panzer 1 isn't going to be the only uh, title that they're working on. They're also looking to bring over uh, Panzer's Vi. Now, we've not got a release date for that. There's been no screenshots or gameplay video or anything else from the second second game we've only just got the first one so far but uh so far everything that we're seeing is pretty impressive you know if they do a really good job with this one there's no reason not to think that they're going to do a really awesome job with the second one as well uh, and the last thing i want to just quickly throw out there is there's no mention yet of a panzer dragoon saga remake or reimagining so for those of you that are thinking that oh you know they're doing the first one they're going to do the second one that they that they might do panzer saga that is not the case they're also not uh, working with uh, the original source code so they're building this from the ground up they don't seem to think that it's going to be an issue uh, um so far and you know so far it looks good looks like they're making some pretty good progress and i just want to see uh, get you guys thoughts if you've seen the gameplay video and, and what you're thinking about this game well um my exposure to this was limited to the nintendo direct and i have to say that i uh, regardless of anything else you know i want to start off with i am happy to see that any development in the panzer dragoon world is happening remake reimagining ports whatever i like seeing franchises that i have enjoyed and continue that said yeah, I did notice uh, some of the feedback that you know others in the community have been stating, and not very much because I've kind of been offline for a while. There was a very divisive you know, commentary about the art style and like how much more alive the world felt. Now you were mentioning like the desolate feel of the originals uh, didn't really seem to brought forth in what was shown of the remakes already, or well of, of the remake for Panzer Dragoon. Um, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, kind of strikes. Like, I, I can't wait to see it. And I know that the gameplay is going to be there. But it's going to be like, you know, tossing on a, a can of paint onto something that should be familiar. And I'm hoping that's exactly what it is. Like, you know, they don't stray too far or too wildly from the original's gameplay and maybe enhance controls a little bit. But for the most part, keep that pretty, pretty much solid from the original. The difference in, between the original and the remake as far as the environment and the art style, it's definitely, it's thought-provoking. It's, I don't know how I feel about it yet, because I think that the, it's a classic. 
right? This is a, a classic series. This is a well-loved series. And I would like to see that maybe uh, an emulation of the original, you know, an homage to the um, original art style is available as a playable skin, kind of similar to how like the Street Fighter series in recent years uh, after HD Remix came out had an option of using the original sprites versus, you know, using the HD sprites. I'd like to see if, you know, there might be an option to play in more of the original, you know, the desolation and the art style there just, uh, you know, enhanced for modern graphics. Personally, I would really like to play that as well, but with that source code missing, I don't know how doable that can be because I, I know that at least with the Halo uh, Anniversary Edition, they had that source code to work with and that was sort of put on top of it. But I think in this case, it just might be remake only, which I guess has its benefits and drawbacks, but I kind of really like the art style and, and especially since they're doing stuff like they're changing up some of the levels a bit where it's not like one-to-one, like there's still going to be small differences. I think it might be hard to do something like that, but I would really, really enjoy it if they did something of that nature. But I just really will have to wait until December and see, or at least the winter and see. But my thoughts on the games, I'm really excited for it. Uh, I know, like Kay was saying, that there's been some some mixed feelings on it, especially from people outside of it, where they're saying that the trailer itself kind of felt like it was underwhelming, per se. I can't really comment on that, but in my opinion, I think it looked fine. I guess when I'm looking forward to a game series that hasn't had a game in, oh, what's uh, almost what almost 20 years, it's kind of like you, you just take what you can get as long as it looks decent enough and it plays well. Did you count Crimson Dragon you know, since it was a, essentially a spiritual successor to it? Not really. Well, Orta, that's what I'm talking about because that came out in 2003. Oh th- uh, oh so like about 16 years, I guess. So as far as the source code is concerned, I mean, I know that they're not going to be able to exactly recreate the, you know, the targeting systems and gameplay of the first game. They're going to do, you know, the homage, the remake for the gameplay. And I honestly, like, I'm okay with that. I just, you know, hope that it sticks pretty close to it and not necessarily being exact. The concern that I'm thinking um, of having, and it's not even like with the level design, like they can change up levels, add new levels. That's you know, fantastic. I don't think that the level design of the game makes much of a difference for the first two Panzer uh, Dragoons, mostly because it's an on-rails shooter. So, you know, like, you could take away the backgrounds from that, and all you're really doing is changing where the camera is located in any particular location during the course of that level, and, and how that camera rotates. But with the art style the interesting thing about it is that they could do an homage to the original art style as well not necessarily you know make it like the original where it was that you know all those polygons that were so very sharp on the first game more about that desolation and the color palette that's used it just seemed like the bit that i saw made it look more like a little bit more populated version of the anime than the desolation and, and loneliness of the original game kind of feel like that was part of the narrative and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it felt like, you know, you were in this world. It was you and your dragon and you guys were bonding against like this horde of enemies and with a much more livelier and colorful environment, you know, that they were showing off. It almost takes a little bit away from that narrative, that implied narrative. You know, it's one that your brain isn't told outright, like this is the world that you're in, but more that you get the feeling of as you play, like, wow, like, I really have no allies in this this world. It's just me and this dragon. We're going to make it kind of a thing. It might be a little too cheesy. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I kind of am seeing where you're going with it, and maybe that's like some level or some one-off, but I guess we'll just have to see when that uh, drops this winter then at least. But I'm hoping we will be able to have best of the both worlds where we have both the desolation and the beauty of that landscape and being able to explore this giant world and like have it like more fleshed out in a way. I know that uh, when this game was first in development, Yukio Futatsugi, he wanted to take advantage of the fact that the Saturn could do that infinite playing and that that was one thing that the PlayStation couldn't do. And so he really used that, like he used it in the deserts, he used it in the, in the forest levels, he used it in the, in the uh, water worlds. And so 
I think it was sort of by accident that we got that that feeling of desolation um, because because of you know them using what they had in terms of programming tools. But it was such a good and happy accident. Like it ended up lending so much atmosphere to the to the game. So you know the, I, I don't think the new one is is necessarily going in that direction. And although it looks really good, I, I would definitely be missing that feeling of openness and loneliness because I think that really just makes such an impact to this game. You know what it kind of reminded me of as you were talking about it? Seeing the original Star Wars films versus seeing like the special editions where they added all the CG uh, rebel ships. Wow, that's such an awesome comparison, Kate, because that's exactly what this feels like. You're right. Who shot first, though, in this version? Are they going to switch it up where the enemies attack you and you have to... You have to attack them back, or are you just going to attack them straight on and seem like a really dark guy and dark, uh, cold-blooded killer? It was Jabba the Hutt who... I don't know. I don't do Star Wars enough to be able to make a good Star Wars joke out of this, but... <laughs> but isn't it, like, Han Solo that's riding the dragon in the remake? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Han, yeah uh, Harrison Ford uh, was riding the dragon, you know, it's confirmed. Okay, done. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, it was the that idea. And now, granted, like the special editions came out twenty years after the original, and for the most part, they they had the source code, right? They had the original film, and were able to just you know add stuff onto it. But seeing that originally, like the Rebel Alliance was just like a small band of ships; they didn't have a lot to them, and it kind of struck me as weird that. You know, this this small band of, of rebels where it was able to completely decimate the Empire. And so changes that the Special Edition made, like adding more ships, did make sense from a logical position. But it felt like it completely ripped away from the storyline. Yeah, definitely. I feel that way, too. I mean, the thing about Star Wars is that I liked it because it was, it was the time, you know, was what they worked with. And it kind of seemed like, you know, there wasn't five million ships. There wasn't all these aliens all over. It was, you know, the, the, small, the small group, the, the Empire wiped out all these people, you know, all, this, this is what's left. There wasn't these CGI monsters driving all around and flying. It was like the, these guys, you know, this is what's left. Seeing development on Saturn IPs, especially ones that really didn't show up anywhere else, is a positive thing to me. To that end, I don't want to have any discouragement about it. You know, I'm going to keep an open mind when it comes down to it. So Shenmue 3, wow, that was announced way back in, I think it was E3 2015? Was it 2015? Yep, at the Sony press conference, they had that the whole announcement thing come out. I think it was right before or after Final Fantasy VII as well. Yeah, that's right. And then Yu Suzuki showed up, and he kicked off the Kickstarter. Anyway, so here we are four years later, literally, and it looks like Shenmue is going to be releasing this year. If you'll remember, earlier this year they had announced an August 2019 release date, but now that's been uh, pushed back until November. But at least we're very close. And I know there's, just like with Panzer, there's a lot of divided opinion here with how the characters look and how they they move around and everything. I guess from my perspective, people have waited years and years to conclude the story of Shenmue. And it looks like in a few months that's going to actually happen. So I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have and whether people are going to nitpick that. And I guess we'll see. I'm just super excited that it's coming out at all. I mean, I just figured after number two, that was it, game over, and we would just never see the end of the story. So I'm just happy that it's coming out. Yeah, I mean, I think we, everyone's been talking Shinmu 3 for years. I mean, I can think back to the Dreamcast talk years where it's like, oh, Shinmu 3, Sega, when are you going to do it? Or, you know, all this. And we're finally getting it after, like, what, 18 years later after the second one dropped when, they're, when we're stuck in that cave. But yeah, I mean, we're here. It's coming out. Um, it looks all right. I mean, as good as it can for a Kickstarter game. It definitely really has that vibe and feel of the first and second one. So, I mean, uh, if you're looking forward to that, that's great. I wouldn't say it's particularly like Yakuza levels of amazing graphical-wise or, you know, gameplay-wise. But, you know, I think I think it's good enough to satisfy the fans that really want to play it and at least impress or entertain people that have never played Shenmue before, so 
I'm just super excited. And at this point, I think the Shenmue fans really have gotten everything they wanted. They got the 1 and 2 remaster. They got Shenmue 3. The last piece of the puzzle is the Virtual Fighter RPG Akira Side Story. And once we got that, I mean, there's literally nothing else besides the newer Shenmue games for the fans to, to get, I guess. Yeah, I was just, it's funny, I was just looking uh, through my old video files and I was watching the uh, bit of Saturn Shenmue footage that leaked, I think it was the original Xbox generation. Anyways, it, it looked phenomenal for a Saturn game, and but it did kind of make me wonder. I mean, it's pretty easy to make like phenomenal demos when you've got no AI going on, when there aren't, you know, characters to keep track of. It's all sort of pre-programmed, right? And I, I kind of wonder how much of that was the case with that Saturn demo because i mean it it looked the business if uh, yu suzuki and his crew managed to get it to that level of visual fidelity i mean that would have been that would have just been an, an unbelievable achievement but anyways i don't want to get too far off the 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 beaten track here but i mean yeah just it kind of brought back you know those feelings when i was when i was watching those videos uh um, just a little while ago it was just you know it's one of those what could have been situations but here we are shenmue 1 and 2 have been remastered and shenmue 3 is on its way so what more could the fans ask for at this point i mean it's coming out and and that's just fantastic yeah, I mean, if you would have told me in like 12 or 13, oh, Shenmue's going to get all these remasters in a new game, I'd be, I would have told you, yeah, no, that's not going to happen ever. That's never going to happen. Sega doesn't care about it. Yep, absolutely. It looked, you're right, that it was just a dead series. I know that uh, for years, folks would ask uh, Yu Suzuki, what about number three? When are you going to work on number three? And, you know, he always wanted to. He always did want to conclude the story, but there was, you know, the cost issue, the fact that in the early 2000s, he uh, left Sega. So, you know, there was, you know, would they let him work on it? So there were there were all these sort of question marks in the air. And so for it to be just months away from being a reality is pretty awesome. It's, I, I think people are going to be super super excited about this yeah and I, th- I think the coolest thing is they actually announced limited run games was going to do a collector's edition for it so for people that weren't able to get in on the kickstarter and get that collector's edition you can pick up that one from limited run games whenever that really drops but there's been no information on when that's going to be or when the pre-orders for that are going to go up but that's going to include a replica mirror from the game cool shadow box of Ryu and uh, Londi fighting in the, with the shadow box and a uh, I guess a art book uh, but yeah that's going to be coming out I'm kind of excited I might pick it up I don't know I kind of I might be collector's editioned out but we'll see did you have any uh, thoughts on it Kay? oh boy this uh-oh, is oh guys uh oh uh oh here we go <laughs> so I wanted in on on this when it was going to be a kickstarter I wanted in on this pretty badly because of the Saturn history having not ever owned it or even played it on the Dreamcast and I wanted to have the opportunity of this legendary story and you know series to actually own and play and enjoy and I signed up for the Kickstarter and there was no Xbox One edition and I couldn't do it I hate exclusivity I hate the idea that in the modern age where we can port the same game to multiple consoles, to PC, etc., where a choice is made to explicitly disallow that. The case behind this one is that Sony sponsored it. I was a big Sony fanboy for a long time during the uh, original Xbox era. Uh, I hated Microsoft. I thought they were consumer unfriendly and... I hated the the chokehold and the, uh, that they did with you know smaller developers and the monopolistic practices that they had. But as time moved on, one of my favorite consoles besides the Saturn is the original Xbox. One of the consoles that I've had the you know like purchased the most games for was the Xbox 360. Uh, I almost feel like it's kind of like the spiritual successors um, to the Dreamcast and you know, a lot of the gameplay that was on there. Really, what came down to is that Sony made a lot of bold announcements with the PS3. And, you know, it didn't hurt them as bad um, as, you know, like the pricings particularly. A $600 PS3 versus a $400 Saturn, but people still end up buying PS3. You know, so there's all of that. But the point is, is that when that Kickstarter became a Sony exclusive or you play it on PC, I said no. I, I wasn't going to back it. I 
I cannot, it, much as I might love, you know, a particular developer uh, you know, or their their games and what have you, the vision that they have, I hate the idea of exclusivity. And I've seen what it, basically it happened with Street Fighter V being a, a Sony exclusive. Being a big Street Fighter player, I own fight sticks, but my platform of choice during Street Fighter IV's generation, you know, PS3, 360, was obviously the 360. Um, I have both consoles, but I invested in my fight stick setup primarily for the 360. And so now I'm left holding the bag of all of these expensive uh, peripherals that I bought that can't be utilized on the Xbox One because of Microsoft's choice, you know, so GER Microsoft in case anyone thinks I'm like a Microsoft fanboy right now. But then also, you know, making a Street Fighter V exclusive to PlayStation meant that if I was interested in playing, you know, Street Fighter V anywhere, I was going to get yet another fight stick. And I was just done with that entire idea. So looking at Shenmue 3 and going, you're making it exclusive. I'm glad that they gave him the money. I'm glad he got to finish the story. I can't support it. I gotcha, and that's definitely fair enough. I, I'm kind of the same way with some of the some of those exclusive games. It's like, uh, I don't really want to buy a new console for this or that. I'm a big PC gamer, so a lot of the stuff I play is always going to come to PC in one form or another. Especially now, but you know, back then it definitely was different. But now it's a little bit easier. But I can definitely see you're going from what's like really. I mean, could easily put it. It gets worse. Apparently, recently, they made a, a decision to change platforms from Steam to Epic if you're going to be a PC backer. And for some people, that's not going to make a difference. It's just, you know, distribution channels. But for others, it's a big, you know, no-no. And it actually, from my interpretation, it actually violates the um, Kickstarter, like, I guess, you know, rules of engagement. Um, you know, when uh, a company puts forth a Kickstarter... They agree to certain terms and certain goals that must be met as a baseline. And one of those baselines was providing a Steam version of the game. And now that it's not, people are asking for their refunds and they're not getting them. So it gets kind of more into like a political aspect of things. I'm facing the same thing with um, Bloodstained, which comes out in like a week. I wasn't really feeling the epic thing because they kind of put in the description that the things can change, like the... They kind of weasel it out with it, saying that the PC settings and terms can change over whatever the releases of it. So I, I didn't really see that that big of a deal as they put that in there. But with your situation with the with Bloodstain, that kind of was a lot different. And I kind of I'm kind of with you on that one. But I don't think I don't think we really have a lot of time to go into that. But <laughs> no, no. But no. But I'll talk to you on off, offline about it. But but yeah, no. I, I definitely can see some of the Epic Store concerns. I'm for like maybe bringing it up. Eh, that kind of sucks. But a lot. I've seen a lot of really negative reactions where, well, even I was attacked about it. Where somebody called me a uh, a Fortnite fanboy or Fortnite uh, other terms because I thought it wasn't really a big deal. I guess maybe I'm just a Fortnite fanboy, and, and you know I can't bring up that it might not have been a big deal, but but whatever, we won't go into that too much. Did we have any sort of final thoughts on Shinmu Three? I just I'm glad it's coming out. At the end of the day, that's that's the important thing. All right, so why don't we move on to our next topic, uh, which is the uh, Fantasy Star Online Two getting a uh, English release date. And while you might be thinking, oh, didn't that come out in 2012? Well, it kind of did, but it was in Japan only. And uh, the only way to play it before that was to go through a painstaking patch process where half the game would be in English, but the other half would be in Japanese. Everyone really was speaking Japanese. Uh, I think some of them required VPNs, depending on where you lived, which is a, in in layman's terms, just a way to connect to a server and and, uh, spoofing that you're somewhere else. So say you're in the U.S. and you... Use a VPN to say you're in Europe to get on a European server, but essentially it was really, really nasty, really gritty way to get on and play P- Fantasy Star Online 2 or PSO2, and it really was difficult to play. And setting up a, from what I understand, a uh, account for it was also a really big hassle unless you were using a lot of Google Translate. Luckily, that's not an issue anymore. Uh, it was announced at the Xbox press conference that it was coming for the PC and Xbox One initially uh, in the spring and eventually going to make its way to PS4 and Switch at a later date. 
And the best thing about it, it's going to be a free-to-play game. And it will be completely in English, at least for the, the U.S. market. I talked about a little bit on the uh, Titancast that there's no confirmation for Europe or any other Western areas for the most part. So I can't really see anyone having issue getting like a VPN or signing up in a U.S. store and using a European account. I don't think there's going to be a big hassle. But but yeah, I'm just really happy it's really playable. I mean, I, I had good memories playing Fantasy Store Online and... I'm going to be really happy getting some more and all my coworkers that are like with me with that. And even my roommate's going to be playing with it. So, Oh, I don't even know how to say this, but I have not played fantasy star online or any fantasy star game for that matter. And I, I, I need to remedy that probably sooner rather than later, but yeah, I, I've never played fantasy star. That, that's, I know that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. Hey, you got an opportunity coming up. It's coming out uh, in spring, so I'll, I'll see you online, Peter. Okay. I'll uh, send you the Fantasy Star collection on the Saturn. Uh, okay, you kind of turn into a Borg. I turn into a Borg? Yeah, you sound you sound like uh, you're going to assimilate me. <laughs> you sound horrible. Wow. <laughs> Can you please say, we are, the, we are the Borg. You will be assimilated, please. We are the Borg. Oh, come on. It fixed when I wanted you to... <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, this is obviously staying in the cast, by the way. This is not being <laughs> cut out, but... I was saying that we can send Peter a copy of Fantasy Star Collection on the Saturn. That sounds great. I mean, and I know it's in, in uh, Japanese only, but hey, guess who needs some more Japanese practice? So yeah, you bet. That sounds great. Awesome. All right, guys, why don't we move on to uh, the newly announced uh, Grandia 1 and 2 remasters. I imagine you guys heard the news about that, right, where they're dropping both Grandia 1 and 2 for both the Switch and uh, PC. Yeah, I'm totally excited about this. Um, Of course, I'm a huge fan of Grandia 1 for the Saturn. I also played through Grandia 2 on the Dreamcast several times. I think the games are really fantastic, and they're both... I mean, you know, they're both RPGs, obviously, but they've got... It's almost like they have different themes. And anyways, I enjoyed both of them immensely, and the fact that they're coming for Switch and PC is awesome. I know that the uh, developers, uh, you know, they just felt that the Switch was the best uh, console for JRPGs, and that's why they chose to bring it over. And I know it was announced quite a bit earlier, uh, too, but, there, you know, it had sort of a end of 2018 release date, and obviously that was missed. So I, I was kind of worried there for a second. I thought, oh, shoot, okay, is this one that's going to sort of disappear and we'll never hear of it again so the fact that you know we got the confirmation that yep it's still happening it's still going on that's pretty awesome i thought it was kind of weird when that was announced because it was the same day as uh was uh like two other remakes the destroy all humans remake and uh weirdly enough spongebob battle for bikini bottom so uh definitely interesting contrast there Yep, absolutely. Oh, and you know, the other thing too, Pat, is I know the devs are using both the PlayStation and Saturn, like elements from source code from both of those games, at least for the first game's remake. So that's that's really fascinating. And I mean, the first game came out on Saturn first and then was ultimately ported to the PlayStation. And many people feel that it was stronger on Saturn. So we'll see exactly what uh, is taken from each version and what they end up ultimately doing with it. But um I mean, this is one that I'm definitely looking forward to. This is probably going to be a day one buy for me whenever that ends up dropping. And yeah, I'm just totally excited. Same here, man. I I really want to play it again, and maybe we'll even maybe do a test stream of it. Would you guys might be interested in that, maybe? Oh yeah, let that sounds great to me. Do like a day one little stream. Well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about it. We'll get something in the works for you guys, like a a Shiro first first look, Shiro perspective. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah, um, what are your thoughts on that, Kay? I don't really have any. Um, I'm excited about the fact that the series is going to be playable, you know, on a single system for anybody. And I think that's pretty cool. And I know that the um, series itself is you know legendary. This is one that I missed all the way around and the most excitement from a grandia title that i've got these days is the fact that it's getting a fan translation on the saturn yeah definitely and uh while we're on topic do we want to go into the the updates on that while we're on the grandia thing well so uh, during our last cast you know we had sort of talked about all these different uh, upcoming uh translations fan translations and we of course touched upon 
uh, Grandia. And then literally uh, weeks after a podcast dropped, uh, we had um, the first disc of the game because it's a two disc game. Uh, it released with a, with an English patch. And so folks have been able to uh, start patching up their uh, uh, copies and they've been able to play Grandia in English. And so it's phenomenal. So, I mean, you know, one disc out of two, it's, it sounds like, you know, we're halfway there. So uh, hopefully, you know, we're not going to wait too much longer for the second half because that would be quite an accomplishment uh, to have that fully translated in English on the Saturn. Yeah, we're halfway there, but as long as we're not uh, living on a prayer, I think we'll be good. Oh, man. I didn't smell that one coming. Gah. Yeah, you know, that's... I understand where you're coming from, Pat, um, but uh, two can play at this game, so, you know, uh, the puns are, are going to start happening now. I'm afraid you've opened floodgates. So, yeah, I'm really excited for the new fan translation and like i think i didn't i'm not sure if i brought it up on the last podcast but uh but sam and i actually uh we were in sort of talking back and forth when that the first patch dropped for it and we were like uh sharing information and talking a little bit and uh yeah we uh or sam as in the, the ssg on youtube uh i guess just to give reference um but yeah we were talking a little bit and we, we were going back and forth talking about the patch updates and how far we were and how we were trying to get the launch up. And that was pretty fun. And uh, we actually ended up doing a stream together for our, I think it was the second or third Anna stream. And we played through the game a little bit. We talked about some of the weird glitches we encountered with it. But it, it was pretty interesting. And that video is up on our YouTube page if you'd like to check it out. And that was really nice of him to, be, to feature us in his video on the fan translation of that. I just wanted to thank him for that. But yeah, I was really excited. I played through the up to the first dungeon and we beat that. And it was pretty fun. And I really look forward to playing that for the rest of the Anna stream. And once that's done, we sit down and play it because it was a really good first look and impression. And there are some issues here and there, but for the most part, it was very playable. And I had a great time. And I absolutely can't wait to play the rest of it. Yeah, you know what? When the rest of it drops and you're ready to do your next Anna stream, I'm I'm thinking I'm going to be jumping on as well. I'd love to be part of that. You know, anyone the Shiro Camp's invited, I really uh, think that, you know, experiencing it and talking back and forth is really important. So definitely, I'd love to have you on, Peter. You on, Kay, if you'd like to be on. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm super excited. I'm included. You're not included in the Snatcher one. You're, you're banned from that, unfortunately. I'm banned from Snatcher? Yeah, you're not allowed to stream is it, now. You know what's really funny is I, I reach over my desk right now and I'm holding my uh, PC Engine Super CD-ROM 2 of Snatcher. It is on my desk. I'm just opening it up and shoving it in your face. How does that smell? Like opening a pack of magic cards for the first time? Uh, it, it'd be like if you had a sealed pack of magic cards from the 1990s on the subject of of the black lotus card why don't we uh um (laughs) no why don't we uh uh, do we want to do a sort of a speed round of the retro bit controllers and some of the genesis mini stuff um, well, the only update I've really got is that Retrobit have just a few days ago, as of this recording, they've announced that they are uh, working on the wireless ones and that they're going to be coming out soon. So I don't think we've got a date yet, and I'm not sure even, you know, for which consoles they're talking about, but they're finally starting to appear. So to me, that's that's nothing but good news. And I did uh, find online there was a, a picture of a mold of a Dreamcast controller that they've had, and they've actually, I, I noticed that it had six face buttons it wasn't just the the four uh from the original design so you know that sounds exciting we'll have to wait and see what they what they come up with so nothing no other news other than what i just mentioned but it's definitely a start and you know retrobit took their time with the first round of controllers but boy did they just knock it out of the park so you know i'd rather that they take an extra little bit of time and just really get it right because you know that would be great to have It'd be nice to have some test bench controllers or something for the Anastream where I don't have to ravel up the controllers that are like three inches in front of me. No, yeah, you're right. And you know what? We'll see what we can do about, uh, you know, getting our hands on some of these uh, controllers before they hit retail and giving them a test drive and letting all of you guys know what uh, what these guys are like. I'd like to do a couple, you know, plugs and gratitudes. First off, many in the community have known Saturn Dave, Mr. David Lee, 
I know he's been on sabbatical, um, you know, since he's uh, had his new baby. He still continues to contribute to the community. And we've talked about his reproductions before, um, but I want to send a shout out to him, you know, in this format. He sent me one of his repros of Radiant Silver Gun with the translated manual. And seriously, like, you know, as a repro maker, this is about as top quality as you can get without owning, you know, like the studio molds or excuse me, the, the, the original um, Sega resources to be able to produce a manual, a box art, you know, the back art, even the, his discs are pretty phenomenal. So I wanted to thank him for sending this to me. Along with that package, uh, Mr. Ben Boyd uh, had a Panzer Dragoon Saga um, manual with the original art. And I know that Pat got sent one of these and it was pretty awesome to see that original conception design uh, come to life. So I wanted to send shout outs to um, David Lee and to Ben Boyd on the reproduction front. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, Peter, didn't you get the, you got Radiant Silver Gun as well, right? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, but I did make it onto today's list. So at some point when he uh, sort of works his way down the list, um, uh, you know, I'm on there. So it's just a matter of time. But uh, I mean, you know, having seen the the you know the work that he's done online, I mean, wow. There, there isn't a single thing that that guy hasn't put out that I haven't been absolutely enamored with. I mean, he is top notch. I mean, you know, if this guy was working back uh, uh, for Sega back in the '90s, you know, we wouldn't have known the difference. He's that good. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I I got the Radiant Silver Gun as well, and it uh, it looks fantastic. Like the disc is like it's it's ridiculous. It's like he went back in time, broke into the factory, and somehow figured out all the tricks and secrets of them producing the disc, and just did it. And it looks phenomenal. Continuing on with the the list of, of thank yous and and such, another shout out to Dave. He's been the principal designer of things on our Threadless shop. And if anyone happens to be interested out there, I begged him for a oval button Saturn with the Japanese style controller because we did you mean, have... You mean Model 1? You are going to die the most painful death possible. <laughs> oh my god, you just triggered him, Pat. <laughs> Screw getting assimilated. You're going to be decimated. So, oval button Saturn, Japanese pad. Um, it was not a design that we had had before on our shop. And uh, when I went up to Emilio Morales's event up in Renton, it was a Renton City Retro, um, I wanted to represent Shiro. And so I had uh, asked for this design. He made it up for me. I got the shirts in and it was awesome. Uh, he also did a light on dark variation of the Sagata Sanshiro design that he had. Originally, that was only available in white. It wasn't available in black. I mean, I guess you could add a dark on light, but he made a one where I could put it onto a black t-shirt, and that felt much more comfortable for me. So, two new designs on the Shiro Threadless shop. Oh wow, I didn't even know about that. That's a that's an exclusive to us too. So it's like we're learning about it too. But no, that that's really cool. I kind of really want that uh, that design now because I have the the oval button on the on the oval sat. The, sorry, the U.S. style controller on the Oval Saturn, Oval Saturn, the Japanese style controller on the uh, U.S. Saturn. I think, right? Am I getting that right? Are you talking about like the the round button? Yeah, the round button on the Japanese style controller. So yeah, I, I got those two. So I'd love to get that variation of it, so that we can have three shirts, and I can wear them every day at every, at a convention. That's three days. So yeah, thanks much again to David Lee for putting that out. I also want to thank uh, Paul, who is one of our um, fans uh, of the show uh, and friends of the show. He lent me a monitor to the Renton City Retro with for our Xbox LAN party. And uh, I want to you know, thank him once again for that through this cast because I know he's going to be listening. I heard you talking about that and I was really hoping I'd be able to go there one of these days because your events sound like they're bomb. Like It sounds amazing and I'd love to go to one eventually. Yeah, that was a fun one. You know, I know that we're not really doing personal updates, um, but I would have to say that that was a lot of fun all the way around, and I would love to be able to work on 
putting an event that good uh, in this area, particularly if I could do it with just uh, Saturn stuff. That would be a dream, yeah. I love Saturn Con. That'd be amazing. We sh- we should make that happen. For sure, yeah, might be. Anyway, uh, that's what I've got. You know, I want to also just shout out to everybody who's participating in the Name That Game that I've been putting on. Got a little quiet uh, just over E3. I didn't want to oversaturate with uh, E3 and all the news that's coming out, but it'll come back. And you know what? Each and every time that I've put one on or every week that I've prepared the next batch, I thought, oh, you know, I'm, I'm this is harder. It's going to get trickier and I'm really going to stump people. And oh, my goodness, like our fans are just blasting through these like nobody's business, which is good. I mean, you know, somewhere out there, Sagata Sanshiro is smiling down on us because, you know, you're guessing these at a phenomenal rate. So I've got some pretty neat ideas of some of the uh, future ones that I'm going to do in the next week or so. And I don't think I'm going to just limit myself to screenshots now. I mean, maybe I'm going to take some concept art or some, uh, you know, some background renders or or whatever and start throwing them out there because you guys are just really, really good. And so, I mean, you know, I'm glad that it's uh, it's fun and that everyone's participating and uh, we'll definitely continue those on from time to time. So thanks, you guys. Yeah, Peter. I'm kind of worried about that, though, because I think our fans are so good that you'll post a great piece of paper with like some things like, oh, I know that that's that's uh, issue three of uh, issue three, page 347 of this guidebook in Japanese. (laughs) You know, it wouldn't even surprise me. Actually, it's so okay. So funny story. I was looking through some of my more obscure uh, Saturn files earlier this afternoon, thinking about what I could do. And I started going through the technical manual on how to program the Saturn's BIOS. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to take a page out of that. Maybe that's going to stump people. So it's really to that level. I mean, people are just phenomenal. They're guessing this stuff like nobody's business. So that's great. Peter, you'd have to like go into a Saturn junkyard Oh, oh, no pun intended. A, a junkyard full of Saturn stuff, and uh, and just dig through there until you find something super obscure. And even then, I think it'd be hard for people to not get it. Yeah, and that just speaks volumes. I mean, this console has such a passionate following, and you know that's it's just really it's really heartwarming to see it, uh, you know, being being solved so quickly, and that people are so passionate about it. I think it's great. You have to do like a online leaderboard or something. Way to go, Peter, for coming up with the the concept of screenshot game. That it's great. Uh, so kudos to you on that. I'd just like to plug our uh, the Anna streams that we've been doing. Uh, uh, Chaz, the Game Master, and I have been going through. We went through Snatcher. Uh, unfortunately, I, I had a issue with my backup battery for the Sega CD where it died, and I lost all my save progress. So that was uh, fun. But we Ooh. we improvised, and we went to Police Knots, and that's we put that on cartridge and the, the memory, so... We double back that up, but we're going through that right now. Uh, I wasn't unfortunately not able to stream this Saturday, which is the 16th, I think, of June, due to just being busy with life stuff. But we're going to continue on next week and the weeks after, and go through police knots and hopefully have some good time. We've uh, we've gotten pretty far. I think we we just got to the police station. Now we met Ed, so we're going to continue on, and we're going to ha- make a lot of jokes, uh, point out some weird Kojima-isms, and just some cool references and sound cues. So come join us. I think it's really uh, really interesting, and I have really great time talking with Chaz. He knows his Kojima. How did we go through this entire cast without talking about the um, discovered uh, Rebel Strike game? Oh, man, I w- actually was thinking about that when you were talking Star Wars. I was like, now speaking of Star Wars, why don't we talk about Rebel Strike? I thought was kind of a out of the blue insane find. Yeah, um, finding a an unheard of uh, unreleased game in this day and age is pretty difficult. I know that my buddy Don had a, a bunch of games that most people did not know about, but even then there was you know um, uh, some of those games. The idea that it never came out for the Saturn, even though it was developed, the same game came out on the PlayStation. Specifically, thinking of. <laughs> Why? Uh, Heart of Darkness. There you go. Um, so you know it did come out on, on the PlayStation, but uh, never saw a light of day on the Saturn except through you know his discs. Um, so yeah, like finding the pay dirt. You know, whoever um, found this demo uh, or developer build or, or whatever it actually ends up being, kudos to them and thank you for sharing anything with the community. And here's hoping that it gets done properly and. You know, someday belongs to everyone. 
Yeah, I mean, it would be the first Star Wars game we'd have on the Saturn because I don't think there is any, right? No, there isn't. And you know what? Anytime I want my Saturn or my Star Wars fix, I have to go to my 32X. So to be able to, you know, potentially one day uh, be able to do that on the Saturn, that's pretty awesome. That's exciting. I thought you were going to say to be able to never go back to the 32X is an awesome and exciting prospect. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> there is that too. I'm super pumped and excited to see what happens with the the Rebel Strike 2 cuz I mean I think what was it the last really big Star Wars game before uh you know the Rogue Squadron games came out by Factor 5, right? You, you know the Factor 5, you know the Rogue Squadron games that they came out with for the GameCube the, the yeah, the good games. That's where like, you know, the board comes in assimilates everybody, right? That yeah, that's that's what happens in Star Wars. All right. That's great. I mean, that's awesome. And then, like, they're all flying in their DeLoreans and all that, right? Yeah. I tried to make a Blade Runner reference, but I haven't seen Blade Runner, so sorry, guys. Ooh. I saw the sequel. I need to watch the original. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my friend had a copy of that on the, on his desk I went over. I probably should have asked him if I could borrow that, but I completely forgot. So let's talk about, like, what we've actually seen of of this game which you know, really isn't much when it comes right down to it. What was um, it just the it was the guy on the bike on was it Naboo, right? When they did the that that scene and was it was it was it the Return of the Jedi or was that Emperor Empire? It was Return of the Jedi and it's not Naboo, it was Endor. Endor, oh, sorry. I'm, it was the the moon. I got gotcha. you. That was that the one with the uh the Ewoks, yeah, that planet. Oh yeah. This is <laughs> this was the only um, Star Wars film that I had seen in theaters uh, originally, like for the original trilogy. I was taken later on to the uh, special edition, but yeah, of the original trilogy, my mom took me to go see Return of the Jedi. And I think my modern self is spoiled because I think it is the weakest or the second weakest film in the entire saga. Oh man, no, I I did not really care for Return, and I'll I'll even have people gasp when I tell them I thought uh I thought um, Episode Three was better than uh, Return of the Jedi. Gasp! I, I'm not going to gasp at that. I actually think that Episode Three is among the top three of the franchise. My out of my favorites, Empire, I think is going to be number one. Um, oh, you can't you can't not have Empire number one. That that's ridiculous. Uh, Rogue One is number two, and I think Revenge of the Sith is number three. Well, I'll agree with your your top two. That's I would do the same for sure. I don't know how I'd feel about Rogue One. It was a good movie, but I, I probably have to put you know uh, Empire, A New Hope, and of course, uh, and of course, Episode Three, and then Return. And then... here's the thing, right? Uh, this many years down the line, I can actually watch the prequels and not feel too cringeworthy with the exception possibly of like that forced romance in episode two everything else seems like okay i I can't make it through episode two i fall i fall asleep every time it is so boring i like episode one though i love episode two i i love the uh the political interplay and i mean yeah the romance is super cheesy but I, i i thought episode two was way better than number one see like Having gone back, and I, I've watched them all, you know, a second time, but I can get behind episode one a lot more than I could get behind episode two. And I don't know why it is, but it feels more accessible. The only real complaint that I've got about that is the pod racing went on too long. Yeah, that's true. You're right about that. It kind of was really unnecessary to begin with. I mean, it's a cool scene, don't get me wrong, but. It's kind of like, uh, does do we really need to do this? Well, it, it was um, Lucas's homage to Ben Hur, wasn't it? Like there was there was parts of uh, Phantom Menace that had various scenes that were homages to other movies. Uh, it was my understanding. I, I guess, but you know, it's like, uh, do we really need that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. If you ever get a chance to watch the um, the Phantom edit of that movie. Oh, the uh, Phantom Edit. I've I've heard of this actually only just recently, but I've never actually watched it. 
So I think I need to. Yeah, it it changes some things that you know were questionable about, like why did it come out this way? Primarily um, for me, anyway, the original trilogy had different um, you know species speaking native, their you know natively in their language, and they were still able to communicate you know with people who were speaking the common or English you know uh, language, and it made a lot of sense to have you know like the trade federation people not speak broken you know stereotypical chinese style english right that that very broken english that you see represented in movies from like the 70s and 80s but yeah there's a bunch of of fan edits and i I think um those edits started like tuning my my love of editing and you know video production and stuff not that any of this has to do with the saturn (laughs) there was um discussion on facebook at some point recently after the rebel strike thing was revealed about there being another star wars game on the saturn but it was not officially licensed it was like a homebrew game or something like that and i was trying to find it while this discussion was going on but i i can't seem to find it i gotcha well if i think it's probably on there so if you guys want to take a look at the saturn junkyard uh, i believe you can still probably find it. it's probably bumped every once every so often And you could probably search it too, just Star Wars Rebel Strike. Alright, well, uh, thank you for listening to our latest podcast. You can check us out on uh, segasanichiro.com or Podium or really anywhere you can get podcasts. Check out our store, the articles, uh, our live streams, and really whatever. And uh, I guess from all of us from Sega Saturn Shiro, you must play Sega Saturn. You really, really must. Also, get a tattoo of Kojima. Cross your chest. Yes. Even better than I do, and I and I like got a tattoo of Kojima. So, well, not Kojima himself, like the 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 a Kojima inspired tattoo. I mean, if I could get a Kojima tattoo, that that'd go right on my body, right across my chest. Okay, gonna cut that one out. That was kind of weird. <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> just... <laughs> oh, Pat, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just i don't know if it's because we're tired or what but that is the most hilarious <laughs> thing ever 